Please remain standing for a prayer. Father, thank you so much for this last day of the year. And we focus on you now. We open our hearts to hear what you have to say. And by your Holy Spirit, reconnect us again with what really matters most. To the glory of your name, in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Good morning, everyone, and Merry Christmas again. My name is Lenny. I'm uh, on staff here at Grace as the resident church planter. Uh, we plant the Table Church over in St. Augustine uh, in St. John's County. I'm originally from Germany, and as I was walking up here, I saw these beautiful Christmas trees. And you may know that, you know, we Germans claim that they were invented by us in the 16th century. So in case that that is true, you're welcome. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, we should charge on every Christmas tree that's set up around the world. You know, that should be a little, it would, it would help our economy. Um, anyway, thank you so much for all of you who have supported us um, this last year in our church plant. I know many individuals here pray and give financially, and you as a whole church support us so much, and we're so grateful we wouldn't be able to do what we're doing. Um, I'm, uh, I'm really grateful, really excited about what's been happening. Um, we, we, you sent a wonderful team in June during Seoul in the City to run our first VBS last year, this year still, which was really, really great. And we just had our um, Christmas Eve service last Sunday with about 150 people who came and worshiped with us. And um, it's been great. So. Yeah, thank you. Please continue to, to uh, support us and encourage and pray for us. We, we really need it. I want to ask you what your hopes are for 2024. You know, if, if you think of yourself in a year from now and you look back over the year 2024, what would you hope to have happened? You know, what would make you feel somewhat satisfied, somewhat happy, or give you the feeling that it was a great year? Um, I mean, you know, people often hope to get a promotion or to, to make more money. Maybe find the right partner, get married if they're not yet. Um, or people like me in my profession, we hope that you know, more people will start coming to church. You know, I'm, I'm tempted to think if we have 150 people every Sunday, not just on Christmas Eve, you know, then maybe that would make me feel great. And, <laughs> and you know, it's, it's so important that we, that we don't wrap ourselves around these kind of things too much. It's good to be you know, forward-focused and to have vision and all of that, but... At the same time, there are things that matter, matter more than other things. I know we have an election year coming up, right? That, that in itself is a challenge. I believe, you know, some of you may have your hopes on certain candidates more than others. And, um, you know, I'm sure that it will be disappointing for some what will happen next year. But above all of this, we're serving a God who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I want to help us today to just kind of reorientate our lives around Him especially during this time, this last day of the year, where we often kind of come into a more reflective kind of mindset and we think about, you know, what has happened, where am I now, what do I want for the next year? And I believe that Ephesians chapter 1, the passage that we read at first um, when we had the different Bible readings, I believe there are some really simple but profound and powerful key truths in there that can help us as we navigate through the new year and as we decide what do I want to prioritize and what do I want to be at the center of my life. Because the truth is that everything in this world has meaning and purpose, and we want to have meaning and purpose too. We want the year 2024 to be meaningful 
and purposeful. And in fact, if we look around us right now, you would be able to identify the purpose of everything you can see with your eyes. There is a reason why everything is here the way it is, right? But if we look at our own lives, so often we struggle to really clearly identify what it is. Why are we here? What is our purpose? What is our meaning? And there might be some vague general answers, but, but I believe that there is one purpose, one, one thing that really applies to all of us every year that needs to be at the core and at the center of everything if we want to step into a more fuller expression of our individual purposes and our meaning in life. And so I'm glad that I get to preach this passage this morning from that angle because it really encourages me and I hope that it will encourage you as well. So why were we made? What is the meaning in life? I think Ephesians 1 says it really well. It repeats it three times. I don't know if you noticed that. But three times in there, Paul says that we were basically made for the praise of his glory. And you say that with me. I was made for the praise of his glory. Thank you so much for listening to me this morning. Um, enjoy the rest of the service. This is, this is really all that we need to know and take from this. It really is. But because I still have 15 minutes, I will just add a few more thoughts. But really, this is really, the, this is really it. 2024 is for the praise of his glory. And everything you want to do, everything you plan, everything you head into, should and ought to be for the praise of his glory. You know, I don't know if you would believe with this, if, if you would agree with me on this statement, but I believe in order to live for his glory, we need to somehow experience his glory. What do I mean by that? I believe that God is always the one who initiates. He does something in our lives before we can properly respond to him in worship. See, worship is not something that we somehow manufacture. I believe worship is a response to something God gives us. We can only love him because he first loved us. And I, I believe we can only praise his glory if we see and experience his glory first. And we just sang that song, and I didn't know that this was on the list for today, uh, the, on the song list, but Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. There's one line in there where we say, your glory, Lord, is what our hearts long for. And I want to just ask us, are our hearts longing for the glory of God? Really, are we just singing these songs because they sound nice and they give us goosebumps? And they are, you know? Or are we actually heading into 2024 saying, Lord, my heart longs for your glory. I want to see your glory. And then we sing, I want to be overcome by your presence, Lord. Have you ever been overcome by the presence of the Lord? Have you ever been in the presence of the Lord to such a degree that you feel like I'm overcome by this and I, I can't help but worship and live for the praise of his glory? And I'm not talking about mere emotionalism and just chasing after supernatural experiences. I'm, I'm not just talking about that, but I do believe that there is a reality to, to, the, to the glory of God that, that we ought to experience in such a way that we can truly live for the praise of his glory. You know, Isaiah 60, verse 1 and 2, some of my, my life's key verses, it says, Arise, shine, for your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth and thick darkness the peoples, but the Lord will arise upon you and his glory will be seen upon you. 
What a powerful picture and promise in the Old Testament already for us today. Maybe you look back at 2023 and all you see is darkness. Maybe you look ahead at 2024 and you just tend to see darkness. I believe that, that this, this word from Isaiah, this word from Ephesians 1, is for you and for me. The glory of the Lord wants to rise upon you. The glory of the Lord wants to rise upon us, upon me, so that we can live for the praise of his glory, even in the midst of thick darkness that hangs over the people. He made you to glorify him. He made me to glorify him. You know, not because he needs it, not because he craves worship in that sense. He's not needy. But he loves to share the, the glory of his presence with his sons and daughters, you and me. And he wants us to desire him more than anything else. Just like John Piper once said, he said, God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him. That's how we live for the praise of his glory. And you know that that is the purpose for 2024, and it was the same purpose for 2023, and it will be the same purpose for 2025. Isn't that, isn't that good that, you know, God doesn't change? And if you really taste and see his glory, it's nothing that you ever, you know, get tired of, to be honest. You don't ever say, God's glory, oh yeah, I've been there, I've done that. I'm now going to, you know, wrap my identity around something else. God has become boring for me. If that is what you think, then you're not worshiping the true God. Because he's full of riches and glory and, and joy. He's the most attractive being in the whole universe. You know, it's, it's important for us to just remind, remind ourselves of this. Because we often have a tendency to wrap our meaning and our identity and our purpose around our role, our temporary roles in life. You know, like in, in my case, for example, I'm, I can wrap my identity around being a minister. and I feel meaningful and purposeful when many people show up on a Sunday and I feel like I'm the worst when everybody's out. If, if I live like this, I won't make it long. I will crash and burn very quickly. I have before. Maybe there are other things. I have little kids, and at the moment, everything centers around our little kids. Everything. And those of you who know, who have children, you know exactly. How many presents were under the Christmas tree for you? And how many were there for your children? It's... There's no balance, you know. But what if these kids leave one day? You know, if you become empty nesters. You will, you will see how much your meaning and purpose in life was around your children the moment they leave. Or maybe a job. Maybe some of you, God forbid, but maybe some of you will lose your job in 2024 and, or you will have to you know, pivot in life for some reason. And, and, then, and then what? Maybe, maybe the Jaguars will not go to the playoffs. You know, then what? But, <laughs> which they probably aren't, you know, but um, <laughs> then what? I mean... We, we, we have these temporary roles in lives that we like to just kind of use to give ourselves meaning. But with God, if we decide to live for the praise of his glory, it will always be good and the right thing to do in every stage of every season in life. To the praise of his glory. I think this is really, it summarizes our purpose, our meaning. And I want to look at something a bit more closely now because you can never preach a sermon without 
putting Jesus at the center, I believe. And I believe that even at the center of the praise of God's glory is Jesus Christ. You know, when we ask ourselves, what is the meaning of our lives? We cannot answer that question without putting Jesus into the picture. And the Bible is actually quite clear if you look at the whole story of it, that Jesus is the glory of God in human form. He is the glory of God that returned to the temple in Jerusalem. And living for the praise of God's glory basically means living for, the, living for Jesus and living with Jesus. Our meaning in life and the glory of God overlap in the person of Jesus Christ. I find it interesting how many times the Apostle Paul refers to Jesus in this chapter here, in this passage that we read. I counted nine times altogether. I want to just quickly go through them with you and let the Bible speak for itself because it's powerful and amazing. In verse 3, Paul says, In Christ we are blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms. Talk about Christmas presents. I mean, every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realm, that's a lot. And in Christ, you and I have been blessed with them. Verse 4, in him we were chosen to be holy before the creation of the world. You and I, we were in God's mind before anything was even made. Let that sink in for a minute. Verse 5, in love we were predestined to be children of God through Christ. Verse 6, in Jesus we have been given free grace. Verse 7, in Jesus, we have redemption and the forgiveness of sins. Verse 9, the mystery of God's will has been made known to us through Christ. Have you ever wondered what the mystery of God's will is for your life? Or what, what, what God's, you know how often we say, well, God, it's, it's a mystery. We don't, we don't know. It's a mystery. God's will is a mystery. I, I don't really know what my life is about. It's, it's somehow a mystery. And I think it's good to have a, an element of mystery in our lives. We need that. We shouldn't be able to logically explain everything. Life would be really boring. And yet, at the same time, I think God wants to reveal his mystery to us. And it is clear that the mystery revealed is in and through Jesus Christ. The more we get to know him, the more he grows in us, the more we grow in him, the more the mysteries of life get somehow resolved. Our identity and our meaning and purpose in life flows from and through our relationship with Jesus Christ. Verse 10, the purpose of everything is to come under the lordship of Jesus. Verse 11, Paul says in 11 again that in Jesus you were chosen. God wanted you. God chose you for a time as this. How? In Jesus. Verse 13, in Christ you were marked with a seal, the Holy Spirit. Honestly, there is so much to unpack here. But this is, this is all the stuff that comes with living for the praise of God's glory. And I believe that this ought to be at the center of our meaning, of our purpose in life, as we had in the 20. 24. It is also noteworthy, I think, that in this passage here, Paul talks a lot about we and us. Yeah, he says, in him we were chosen. In him we have redemption. In other words, being in relationship with Jesus includes being in relationship with other believers, with his body, with the church. 
There is no such thing as a separated, cut-off individual Christian. Many live like that, unfortunately. I feel like I run into people that have pulled back from the church where, where I live. You know, people, oh yeah, I just do church on my own, in my home. You know, I don't know, there might be a season for that, but honestly, for me, that's more a symptom of a, of a spiritual sickness more than anything else. People who voluntarily amputate themselves from the body of Christ. You and I, we were called to live together in a church family. If you don't have a church family, if grace is not your church family, or, you, or if, if you're a visitor and you don't have another church family, I, I pray that you will find one, because we will only really live out the meaning and purpose of our lives to the praise of His glory if we do it together as the body of Christ. Jesus said, I pray that they will be one just as you and I are one. That's what He prayed the night before He was crucified. We need to live and work together as the body of Christ. So you and I, we were made for a time as this. Chosen in Jesus before the beginning of time to the praise of His glory, to bear His image, to be part of the body of Christ, and to carry His glory to people who sit in darkness. And you know, we cannot afford, as believers who have the truth of Christ and the truth of the gospel, we cannot afford to not live that way. The, the world out there needs us to arise and shine, for our light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon us. If we don't shine the glory of God, who, who will? Whoever has the loudest voice out there will, will attract people. But you and I, we were called to live for the glory of God, to enjoy His presence more than anything else, to be overcome by His presence. I hope to hear stories and to, to hear of, of moments in 2024 where God's presence will overcome people in the most ordinary places, not just on Sundays here when we worship, but where, where some of you just start developing that mentality and that awareness of God's presence to such a degree that you go to your workplace or you go shopping and you just carry that, that presence of the Lord with you that people can literally feel it. This is how it was with Jesus. They, they ran after him because they said there is something about him. And what was that something? It was the presence of the Holy Spirit in his life, the same spirit that you and I were sealed with, according to verse 13 in this, in this passage. That's my hope. That's my desire for, for you and for me and for all of us. And yes, if we zoom into your life, you have a, a nuanced calling and a nuanced purpose as well, I believe. But it, you know, we could spend time pulling that out as well, but it all has to be rooted and founded on, on the fact that we choose to live for the praise of His glory in relationship with Christ and in committed relationship with the body of believers that He has placed us in. So what are your hopes for 2024? What is the temporary role in your life that has the tendency to become too important for you and to be become the meaning, the, the, the center of the meaning of your life? What might that be? Whatever it is, I, I pray that you can bring it to the altar today. Even as we take communion in a moment, you know, you receive the body and the blood of Jesus, and maybe in your heart you can exchange 
the role that you tend to occupy, the, the, the idol that tends to creep up into your heart that wants to become the center of your purpose and your meaning, maybe you can just bring that to the Lord at the table, sacrifice it there and say, Lord, I'm going to end this year by just leaving all that there and by recommitting myself to saying, I want to live for the praise of your glory starting today and all throughout next year and hopefully beyond. Let us pray. I want to pray actually by by praying the verses that follow this passage here from Ephesians 1, 17 and 19, the Apostle Paul prays for the people, and I want to pray this over us. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that we may know him better. I pray that the eyes of our hearts may be enlightened in order that we may know the hope to which he has called us, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and in his incomparably great power for us who believe. In Jesus' name, amen.